0: Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at BuildBook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs, schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the BuildBook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year, where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it, so go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else, so I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey, guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 105 with Lindsay and Paul Colwell of Colum Homes. And in the conversation today, we cover a wide range of topics, but they are a very fascinating company. I've been following them for a little while, and we first met a little ways back at, uh, at a conference. But they are uh, definitely pushing the envelope with technology and systems and process. And I think there are several parts of this conversation that will make you think that I'll uh, maybe prompt you to jot down a note and start taking some action. They've got a cool company. They're doing some cool things. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Again, this is episode 105 with Lindsay and Paul Colwell. Hey, Lindsay, Paul, glad to have you here. Hey, Spencer, good to
1: see you. Thanks, Thanks. for having us. Thanks
0: for having us. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the conversation. And before we, we hit record, we were kind of talking about when we first met, and I think it was at the Co-Construct conference maybe last year. Uh, I'm starting to get a little fuzzy with all the events getting canceled <laughs> <Yeah>. this year, but <laughs> I yeah. think it was last year. And you guys were up on stage kind of sharing some of the things that you guys have been up to, and I thought it would make for a great conversation here. So before we get into the main topic for today, maybe just dive in and give us a little bit of the company history and then what you guys are up to today.
1: Sure. Uh, you yeah, know, Cullen Homes was founded 35 years ago by uh, my parents from our dining room table. For a long time, it was just the two of them. Uh, dad ran field operations. Mom ran the office. We hired one, two percent about four, five years in, and then now we're a company of 55. And we grew from doing just construction. We did a light production, home construction, uh, to now being a fully integrated design and construction company. I am a licensed architect, so we do architecture and interiors in-house And then Paul oversees the process and operations side. We're very focused on, um, you know, creating a really great experience for our homeowners and our team and our trade partners, just as seamless as we can.
0: That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I know you've got, uh, I think you said it was 60 people. So you got a lot of moving parts and what kinds of projects do you guys work on? Is it mostly custom renovation or kind of a mix of everything?
2: So pretty much everything we do is custom to some extent. But we do everything from full custom, probably 80%, 80, 90% is new build. And we have uh, six coming up on seven communities now that we do uh, new build construction on. Uh, we also have a full renovations team and uh, our customer concierge, which you call it now. So they'll go do all the, after, you know, all the, the maintenance, of the house, for the life of it. To know that you know we're always there for the for our clients. Very In cool. In addition
1: to our communities, we do you know one-off, completely custom mm-hmm. homes. People will come to us either with a parcel of land that they want to build on, uh, or come to us because of our knowledge of the market and what is available and what might be to be available, but not on the market uh, when it comes to just empty land. So uh, we really do the full start to finish process here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And with that many, you know, different things going on, number of projects, different communities, how do you keep quality high? Because I would imagine, you know, I know that's a big focus for you guys. um, And as you scale, I mean, training systems, all those things become critical. But are there some things that really stand out to you guys as you've been on this kind of growth curve that you have identified as like, oh, man, you got to have these things in place?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so we've, uh, you know, quality is a big thing that, that we focus on here at Cullen Homes. And we actually had a meeting today with our, our uh, field superintendents and how to manage that and maintain that, that quality on the field. And kind of the, the biggest thing that's worked well for us is, you know, we've, we've grown a bunch of checklists and different, you know, things to check over the years, you know, 35 years of experience and what we've done and over the last year is kind of dwindle that down to just, okay, we just have one centralized document that we utilize from our project designers, our project managers, and our superintendents. And, uh, you know, that allows it all to be in one spot. But it's not a, it's not a, I don't like, I like to say it's not a rigid checklist, right? So it's not, you know, three layers of approval to get something on or you can't change it, right? It's, you know, we we change it, you know, almost weekly from feedback when we go out in the field to, our superintendent's finding something wrong to updating it and our product designer. So it's a constant kind of feedback in there. But with that, you know, we also want to check to make sure it just doesn't grow exponentially. Right. So it's not, there's not hundreds of items in there. And then once you get the framing, there's like 200 things you got to check to make sure you can go forward. Right. So there's nothing better than a a
0: 2400 list checklist. Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's like, yeah, you might get everything done in two weeks. Right. Just doing the quality control. So we do uh, we do a kind of a semi-annual review where we'll go through actually our head of uh, construction and me and our construction manager sat down last week and kind of went through like, okay, I mean, what what are we either not having a problem with anymore or what is just kind of frivolous stuff that we can take out to from our checklist to try, try to keep them more manageable. That's been helpful for our team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine... That's got to be some sort of living tool or document, right? If you're changing it at that frequency, do you guys use, is it a software or just like a Google doc or how do you, what have you found that works really well there?
2: Yeah. So we've actually just used Google sheets for it. So it's, you know, we can pull it up at different, and you know, everybody can pull it up at the same time. Multiple people can go do uh, site walks and check stuff off at the same time. And, you know, we're pretty big proponents of Co-Construct and, you know, in our in our schedule, it calls out and says, you know, complete framing checklist, right? Like that's a, a scheduled task item for to cue our superintendents or project designers to complete a checklist at the end of a phase. So it, it references back to that, that schedule, but it allows more fluid changes and those changes to happen more real time uh, that we found just using it in Google Sheets as mm-hmm. one kind of big master document that we copy for each job, right? So we have our master and then we use it for each different job that, that we're utilizing it for.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the challenges of being a company of 55 and growing to that size is how do you communicate your intent for quality? Mm-hmm. When it's just, you know, a, a couple of people, it's really easy to manage the expectations. So the checklist system just kind of sets the tone for what we expect to see. You know, you, most of the time, everybody is really trying to do a good job. And what we noticed over time is that people were developing these sort of side system workarounds to do their job better. And then it was creating all these avenues of information and folders of information that were in different places. So trying to consolidate that and have everybody working, you know, in the same lane and doing things in a similar way and understanding, you know, the intent and the end goal together, that has been helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long did that take to kind of wrangle up all the checklists and docs from over the years and get them into the one? I
2: <laughs> think you know? yeah, we spent half of our Christmas vacation last year trying to like wrangle it all together. Sounds fun. yeah. Uh, but it, it, our big thing was we didn't want to get, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, we can't roll this out until we get it like hundred percent correct. Like we have to have every, everything perfect. Like we rolled it out at like the 90% solution. And we're constantly getting like We just, you know, we did our update, um, like I said last week. You know, we're getting feedback from the team today that not only feedback from the construction side, but the benefit of being, you know, an like integrated design and build company is, you know, if our superintendent say, "Hey, I don't, I don't understand what this drawing means," we can easily feed that back to the designers and say, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, I'll just annotate this next time, or make sure we update this detail." So there's a better communication process from, you know, what the designers expect to be built and what the the superintendents can read out in the field.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and let's talk a little bit about design. You know, is that something that you feel like sets you apart or has that been a, a big part of why you've grown or is that just, you know, a kind of table stakes to be in the game? <laughs>
1: No, I think design has been an opportunity for us to grow for sure, because by bringing that arm of the process together under one roof, we're all working towards the same end goal and on the same timeline, and it becomes one process instead of a design process, and then a bid process, and then a build process, and then you're hiring somebody to take care of your house afterwards, and it's all these pieces that the homeowner is having to manage. So we brought design in house uh, 20 years ago. Before that, it was you know 10 years of him <laughs> being with us, but just not no, working for so right. us. Uh, and now we have 11 of our team members are on the design side. What were we? We committed to Archicad, uh, which is a BIM software, maybe six years yeah, ago sure. now, and really are pushing it to its limits. So one of one of the things that has set us apart from a design perspective is that we are very uh, in, in front of the curve in terms of embracing change in technology for design, uh, which is a little bit unusual. Most of the time you get comfortable producing documents and drawing a certain way, whether it's by hand or in SketchUp or whatever the program is. And once you're comfortable, you just go and you're not going to change. We are constantly changing uh, how we design to produce better documents because my documents aren't not only a way for me to communicate a vision to my client, but it's the way that I communicate what's in my mind to the team that actually has to put it together. So, you know, and they they're in the office every day. I see them. I know who they are. You know, having that personal relationship with the construction team, I think, just adds to the the strength of the drawings and the back and forth between the two, the two divisions, because, you know, we're, we're responsible to one another um, and we really are a
2: team. Yeah. And the superintendents, I mean, they, they all have iPads. We go out in the field, you know, they can, you know, walk through virtually in the model and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is what that elevation is supposed to look like. And, you know, that matches the plans and you can see exactly where it all fits together. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's been a game changer from the way that, Superintendents can read in the field and then communicate that, you know, with the tray saying, you know, this is the way the cabinets or wall tire or however that layout is supposed to be. And they can see that real time in the model.
1: Yeah. When we started doing that from a design perspective, we did not realize how much they were going to depend on the model. So there were a couple of homes where we just kind of were like, oh, the model's good enough. Like we got the construction documents out of it, but oh, we're not going to put all this detail into it. Then we go out in the field and they actually built what was in the model and that <laughs> and we're, like, right, we're going like to that. We're gonna need to make that um, more accurate. So that's what we've done. Our interior design team is in the same model as well. So all the information goes into the same place and then feeds the documents real time. It's pretty cool to, to watch it all happen.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And and I've got so many questions, but a couple we've kind of talked about checklists on the <laughs> operation side. We've talked about design You guys have brought them together, but you've also gone through some pretty rapid growth too. And um, I don't know if you hit certain points where that growth kind of hit, you know, growth spurt, so to speak. But I'm always curious with growing companies, like, can you pinpoint, was it a two or three things or one thing that really, or was it just this combination of trying to improve all the areas over the years?
1: I don't know if I could pinpoint one thing. I guess what I can pinpoint is that we've stayed dynamic and been willing to take on work that's outside of our normal flow. Been willing to entertain communities or projects that we're involved with that have an odd deal structure that's happening. One of Rod's biggest advantages, Rod, column one of the founders, is he's the deal guy, you know. And so everybody in town start to come. To him, Oh, I have this parcel and, you know, it has these weird circumstances and he enjoys the challenge of bringing together, you know, who is it from the city that we need? Who is it from, you know, here? Which of the neighbors do we need to talk to? And trying to figure out how to make that deal come together. And by being open to those new projects, it's exposed us to a a lot of additional work, which has helped us to grow. And then, you know, of course, required us to to streamline our processes uh, to take on the additional work.
2: I think one thing that's helped us, which we just did a recent change probably four or five months ago, was you know kind of how we outline personnel and responsibilities mm-hmm. in the company. Because before we had had, you know, we had somebody who was very specialized in cabinets and electrical and one person on plumbing. And, you know, it's hard to kind of scale up and down like that. So what we did was we have we basically have three kind of key roles in the company. So we have the superintendent who's in charge of field operations, schedule, you know, on site every day, the client's point of contact if they go do a site visit. We have the project designer who is their key contact for architecture and interior design, you know, works with them at the beginning part of the phase of the of the project. And then we have a project manager. So they kind of oversee the the overall process, they do, you know, work orders, you know, bids, communicating with trades, making sure stuff stays on track, uh, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, those those three key roles we found were, you know, kind of cover everything that from a client touch point and from what we would need to execute a project from a project management standpoint. But then it's easy to, you know, if you scale up, okay, we need some more superintendents and project managers, or if you have to scale down, it's the same same type type of job role, not very specialized, but more, you know, a little bit about everything in your in your category, and your responsibilities.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure from a training perspective, that's helped a lot too, you know, not mm-hmm. having to mm-hmm. train for all the specialized positions. And if you just have one of them or two, you know, you have
2: multiple. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, back to design a little bit. Do you find that you're design process you said you're always trying to stay kind of on the cutting edge in terms of design is it is it the design that sets you apart in the sales process do you think or is it something else what do you guys kind of lean on
1: I think the integrated process is attractive to people who have
0: built before
1: our highest success rate in from a sales perspective is with people who have done this before Um, they've maybe experienced the traditional design, bid, build process. And while they enjoy the home that they live in, they experience some of the headaches and challenges and, you know, added responsibility as the the client that comes with that process. So while I think our design team is very, very talented (laughs) and they're amazing. I don't think, you know, our aesthetic of design is what sets us apart, but rather that it's part of the larger process that it is, you know, for lack of a better term, a one-stop shop, it's fully integrated. You're with the same team from start to finish and the comfort of, you know, having one group that's taking you through one point of responsibility, I think is is attractive
2: to the team. Yeah. Um, And from a cost standpoint too, I mean, we, Probably 90% of our jobs are fixed price
1: mm-hmm. just
2: because of the, the estimating, you know, takeoff sheet and and methodology that we built up and the relationship with our trades of price guaranteeing for, you know, so many months uh, or years out. And that's allowed us to pretty much say, hey, you know, this is from the contract before design, your house is going to cost this much. Now, of course, you can always scale up and down and add more fancy tile or different flooring and whatever. Uh, above that throughout the process but you know exactly that's what it's going to cost and it's not having to bid it out or price of lumber goes up so now your total goes up you know we take on that risk ourselves based on our buyout
0: yeah yeah and and buyers they expect that today you know they they want to know what they're getting into and there's not this just oh yeah let's sign and keep rolling and we'll (laughs) see how it shakes out we'll fall (laughs) in this wide range you know so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting to, to think about globally, the way consumers just shop and buy, you know, we want things fast, we want them,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: reasonably priced, but really still high quality, you know, I think, just think about Amazon, you know, and we just expect things now, but it's still going to be good, and you have options. And so some of that still translate into, you know, translates into big ticket purchases like this, where they still expect some of those things, it's on another level, but you you do have mm-hmm. to adapt to that. And uh, and I'm curious to, you know, from the design side, you said you try to stay on the cutting edge. I think that's part of it. You know, people like new, and if they're building or buying new, they, they want that. But what does that look like on a day-to-day basis or week-to-week or month-to-month, you know, if you're trying to be on the cutting edge? I feel like that looks different than, oh, we got this nailed down. We're just going to kind of cruise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So I, I've always said, I don't want anybody to be able to look at a house and say, oh, Lindsay designed that house. I don't have a look. Like the goal mm-hmm. is for someone to, to visit one of my homeowners and for them to say, Lindsay was my architect. The design team at Cullum Homes does the work. And uh, I had such a great experience in putting together my home. Like it's their place to call home. So with that in mind, I don't see the cutting edge of design necessarily meaning what's on trend. So we definitely care about that, but it's how that relates to our client and their needs and their budget and um, you know what they want to come home to. Because designing in homes and building homes it's so personal. It's very emotional uh, for the homeowners that are going through it, and we're just here to be the guide to be the subject matter expert, whether it comes from the design side or construction side, building science techniques. We just want it to be the finest experience that they could possibly have, you know, going through this, this very emotional process. And, you know, most people will get to do this once, maybe twice in their lives. So we wanna make sure it's, it's a really positive experience. Mm-hmm.
0: If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at Billbook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls, and inevitably things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software, plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you just mentioned building science, you know, so obviously you've got kind of the design side, but then you've got what goes into the actual construction of the project, whether that's process, you know, technology or products, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what are some things you guys are doing there to kind of stay at the forefront or just kind of keep pushing that, you know, client experience forward?
2: I think a lot of it is, you know, going to, you know, going to IBS, International Builder Show, going to our local builder shows, uh, kind of reaching out to new trade partners and seeing like, okay, how is, you know, what are some different ways to do that that we could improve on, flashing or waterproofing or details or, you know, door pans, whatever the item is. And the good thing about being a house, too, is once we find something like that, you know, we can feed that back to the architecture team. And,
0: you know, this is this
2: is the way we want to construct the window wrapping, or this is the way we want to construct door pans, you know, and feed that back to the design, design team to make that detail to call out so that it's, you know, now it's, that's our standard across the board. So we're constantly. You know, we don't always get it right with the with the new thing, but we're always trying to stay ahead and try different techniques. And and um, you know, I think um, ICF, the uh, integrated concrete form block building, was we were one of the first ones I think in the valley to start using that, and and we still use that on on some of our homes, and just trying to stay at the forefront of some of those techniques as they as uh, they come down.
0: And that brings up another question for me because here you know, at Builder Funnel, we do digital marketing. And so we always try to test new things on ourselves as kind of experiment on ourselves. You know, How do you guys mm-hmm. go about that testing process with something super new? Is it something where you're just like, hey, we're pretty certain we're going to build that into this project? Is it a conversation with a client? And they're like, yeah, I want to try this new thing or do you do something else?
1: <laughs> well, Rod and Ken have just moved... And last year into their 13th home. So growing up, we moved every two to three years, uh, sometimes next door. I've moved next door twice, lived at the same address, two different addresses, two different times. We were the guinea pigs uh, of everything. When home automation became a thing, the gentleman who came and programmed our house for a run system came for six months every day and sat at a card table in our house and program the house while we lived
2: there <laughs>
1: because it was a new thing and we didn't know how to do it during construction, but we learned how to do that. So now we don't have to, you know, of course technology has improved a lot since then, but in the early days we were always testing it on ourselves and uh, we do quite a bit of what we call four cell model building or speculative work, and we'll try new things in, the, in terms of materials or applications we, we try new things in those homes as well. If it affects the timeline, it's more our it's more our loss and and not a loss of time for a client, mm-hmm. you know, as they're waiting to move into their home. So we have maybe what did you say a third of the projects that are in the hopper right now, or yeah, four models. models, yeah. So.
2: Yeah. It also that's, gives that's our great. design
1: team an opportunity to have some creative freedom and stretch their legs a little bit and um, have a little more creative control. Mm-hmm. They
0: enjoy that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great way to do it, you know, cause you, then you can kind of put the control back in your hands, test it out, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a little more flexible on timelines and that sort of thing. And, um, right, yeah. but then mm-hmm. it gives you that confidence to sell it. Cause I find that's probably one of the big things too, is you're like, well, this sounds good, but <laughs> we've never done it before. We don't want to <laughs> do it. I, I would imagine that makes it tougher to sell new things. I do you find that to be true?
2: Yeah,
1: well, the air system that we're testing here coming up,
2: do you want to talk about that? Yeah, we're we're uh, we're going to be putting a uh, an ionizing air uh, system in all of our air handlers. You know, it's been marketed as, you know, it prevents 99% of viruses, bacteria, all that kind of stuff. And so we're trying that out. I think Rod and Ken want to put that in their house that they live in right now to get you pay it. And, you know, we'll measure the air quality before and after and kind of do some testing on it before we roll it out to the clients. But... You know, those are kind of things that you know. If something like that comes out, and you know what the market's saying, you know, with with the whole COVID thing, you know, what are the trends going towards? And then try to try to anticipate some of that, and try out some new new different ideas. But yeah, trying it out on our for sale homes or, or specs and. uh, Yeah,
0: nice to have some guinea pigs ready to (laughs) try some things out. It's very nice. No, but that's great. I mean, it sounds like that's always been kind of part of the DNA is, you know, hey, let's let's find a way to test this out and, you know, build some confidence around it and then start, you know, showing it to clients. And yeah, I I really like that. And it sounds like you guys have definitely evolved over, you know, 35 years, probably hard not to. You've grown quite a bit you've expanded in terms of what you offer too. And it sounds like almost starting to become kind of a one-stop shop for people that can come to you, they can design, they can build, but then you can help them maintain that home. What does the, the mm-hmm. future look like for you guys? I won't ask you what the next 35 years looks like, but maybe the next you know, <laughs> five or 10, something like that.
1: This next couple of years is just continuing to hone what we've worked on now. Um, we have a new community coming online at the Phoenician, which will be 51 homes there. It's the largest community we've done. And we've had a a lot of interest in that. And just trying to create, maybe create the system to a point where Paul and I don't necessarily have to be inserted into all the, you know, multiple steps of the process, but uh, can take a larger view on some things and then just really empower the team to be able to, to take ownership of their projects and handle the workload a, a little more independently. You know, opportunities come from varying well, places. <laughs> um, we enjoy doing the communities. I love doing the one-off custom homes, you know, the three- to five-year relationship projects, and it's, it's always fun to have those. I, I'd like to get a, have us get more in, into that kind of project. Mm-hmm in addition to the community work. We like Arizona. I don't foresee us expanding
2: expanding outside
1: outside of of Arizona. We've got a great trade base and we've enjoyed uh, getting to know our trades and nurturing some of their business decisions. That's been a lot of what Rod has worked on as well, Um, teaching Mm -hmm. our trades to be good business owners or helping them be better business owners than Mm -hmm. they are. So I don't know. Yeah, I think
2: as we kind of, have developed these processes and continue to hone them. I think the key thing for us is making sure that we document that. Mm -hmm. And what we've created is we call it the column way or it's kind of our playbook, right? So we use a program called train where we document all that in, but it's got everything from, Hey, this is the procedure for how you write a work order to, you know, this is how we want you to price certain items and estimate to building science. It's, It's got the whole thing in there. And, you know, I think that's the best way to kind of, You know, once you find something that works, you know, it's not just living in, you know, our brains or somebody's brain who developed it, right? It's now it's disseminated across and it's, it's scalable and repeatable. And that's been a big focus of the last year or so developing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that will help you guys, whether you continue to scale or just train new people and start removing yourselves, just having all that, that Mm -hmm. documented. That's awesome. Well, I've got a a few more questions for you guys. But before we get to that, what, uh, I guess, what advice would you share with somebody that's listening or they're going, oh, man, I can't imagine having that many projects going on or that many people, or I'm a little bit nervous about being on the cutting edge with things like I want other people to kind of test that out first or, you know, they're they're looking to improve, improve their businesses and grow too. So any like nuggets of wisdom that you would share with somebody listening?
1: Don't do it all the first time at the same time.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't try to implement a new process and be on the cutting edge of building science and bring design in-house and, you know, don't do all the ants together. You can build them on top of one another, but look at where you're at and where you want to go and prioritize the way to get there and find a network of people that do what you do that think the way you do. Um, we were in Builder 20 for a long time. We're in you know, the Co-Construct Founders Roundtable Group, uh, which is a small group of co-construct users that get together a couple times a month and just talk, talk about business. It's it can be lonely only owning your own business because pretty much everyone you hang out with during the day works for you. So it's good to have some, you know, camaraderie with other business owners, other builders who are experiencing you know, what you're going through and can either uh, give you advice or pat on the back or a shoulder to cry on or, you know, whatever you need as, as you're going through and building your business.
2: Yeah. I'd say the two, two things for me would be, yeah, as you, as you prioritize what you want to change, don't think you're going to change design and construction and the way you do work orders and all this stuff at the same time. Like make sure you do it kind of in phases, right. And mm-hmm. And there's not kind of change overload within the company that it's not, You know, because we went through a period where, hey, we we had a lot of change going on, and we made a conscious decision that okay, we're gonna we're gonna plan things out for a little bit. We're just make sure everybody gets comfortable in their new roles and responsibilities, and you know, get feedback from the team, and not try to just keep that change ramp uh, Mm -hmm. very steep. The other thing is, you know, this is stuff that's worked here so far, but it's not necessarily okay. I'm just gonna take that and just throw it at my team, and it's gonna be good. Like making sure that you get feedback from the team and that it's not just a, you know, this is the way we're going to do it now. Like see like what works and what do they think they can do better and making sure there's that good communication flow, you know, up and down of what, what process is going to work better going forward.
1: And one thing I'll add to that is write it down. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a sole practitioner out there and you have just started your building company, just get you know, apply for trainual. get trainual or something else and just start writing down what your process is. Because if you write it down when you're one person or two people or five people, it's a whole lot easier to scale it up than to try to start writing it down when you're 55 people and trying to figure out like how all well the pieces work in that. Yep. So, you know, invest the time in, in documenting what it is you do and how you want things done. While you're smaller because it's definitely easier
2: to do it that way than the other. Than after <laughs> Yeah, <party> scale. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that that was a huge project wading through all that. So no, I think that, that's that's yep. great advice. And and if somebody wants to connect with you guys online or find out more about what you're doing, what's the best place to do that?
1: Probably our emails,
2: I guess. Yeah, email mine's Paul at CullinHomes.com and Lindsay A Y at Cullenhomes.com. Yep. Um, or email, Instagram, LinkedIn. We're on all that, <laughs> all, all, yeah. <laughs> right, all, all the socials. Yeah, right, all the socials. Cool.
1: Think, yeah, we'll-, well, we're not on TikTok or- <laughs> yeah, We're not
0: on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking about that TikTok one. I'm not sure yet. So- <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know.
0: I don't know if I'm hip enough for that. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm. I'm uh, slowly falling behind, or maybe it's quickly falling behind. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll uh, we'll link up your emails and your social media accounts in the show notes and everything. But I do have one last right. segment of the show. We call it the Fast Five, so I'm going to hit you guys with five rapid fire questions. Just say whatever comes to mind first. We will go same order, or if I stump one of you, you can switch the order. So we'll start with you, Lindsay, all right. and then okay. all you can answer. So. Uh, We'll start easy. You know, what's your favorite business book and why?
1: Uh, Four Disciplines of Execution. Um, It's easy to follow, harder to implement. (laughs) It's a good one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Paul? Oh, for me, mine is Turn the Ship Around. There's a book uh, of the submarine that I was on in the leadership style and how to basically turn followers into leaders and kind of build that, that culture within your company.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, we just uh, started working through 40X last year too. And it's, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. It's easy to read and hard to implement. So. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but it's a good one. All right. Who is the most inspirational person in your life?
1: I mean, I would have to go with, I really admire my parents. <laughs> or You know, they decided to both put their jobs, start a new business and have a child in the same year. And then it's just been really fun to see them sort of, They're not stepping back, but stand back and appreciate what they've built um, and how far the company's come. So I'm I'm sticking with that.
2: (laughs) I guess I have to go with the same answer for my parents. (laughs) I mean, they they were in a completely different, you know, my parents were in more of a corporate culture, kind of, you know, did the the ladder climbing stuff, but just the the discipline and, and process and stuff that they've kind of instilled in me over the years is you know, kind of a lot of respect for what
0: they've, they've done as well. Very cool. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? A
2: superpower? flying. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> 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 both of you can fly? You're talking flying? to pilots yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, we both yeah. well, plane, so that,
0: fly planes. That's fair, yeah. I can fly
1: without, yeah. can fly without, without the plane. I
0: lying is a is a common answer so you know you're in good company
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right uh describe yourself in three words
1: creative organized and good listener that's two words
0: we'll count it we'll count it
2: we'll
1: count it as, as one combined word
2: yeah a process (laughs)
0: spreadsheet
2: and new beard.
0: (laughs) beard. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Looking good. (laughs) All right. Final question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Enjoy what you do. Home building is a tough business. You know, the margins are good, but they're not great. And if you don't love what you're doing, this is not going to be the business for you. So just enjoy that you get to deliver these homes to people and create that, that place that they call home. And, you know, that's what drives me every day and to, to really enjoy what I do. No.
2: I would say make sure that you take time to not work in the business, but spend at least a couple hours a week working on the business and always, you know, whatever that is, looking for some area to improve and not just get, caught up in the day-to-day firefighting that we all get caught up into, but spending that dedicated time to work on the business once a week. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Paul, for joining me today. This was awesome. Thanks for
2: having us, Spencer.
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lindsay and Paul. And as always, let's talk action items. A couple that I pulled out from today's conversation, there were several things, but one of them was document document the process document in the form of checklists training videos how do you do what you do and do that for each position you know so as you're hiring for the next position then that helps train somebody coming in if you're trying to replace yourself you know and move out of certain responsibilities and duties that is critical. That'll allow you to train that position and eventually work up to where you're spending most of the time working on the business versus in the business. They mentioned a tool called Trainual, and Then they also use Google Sheets. We use uh, Google Sheets, Google Docs. We also use Trello. There's lots of different tools. I would say, make sure you just pick something that you'll use and that works for the team and then just start documenting. Don't get hung up on the software or the tool. Next takeaway was, uh, I thought a really good one they mentioned was don't try to change everything at once. Sometimes that can shock the system a little bit or your team is just frazzled and they're tired of the change. Change is good, but you do need to settle into that change and then take on the next big thing because you're trying to just keep your day-to-day going and then you're trying to implement improvement. And if you have too much improvement going on, then it takes away from the day-to-day, you start missing stuff. And so I I thought that suggestion, suggestion was a really good one, which is hey just bite this off in chunks work through it let it i like they had that settling period of a few months or 6 months to you know get in a groove and then layer in the next thing and really just taking that long term vision on this and knowing that hey if you made two or three big changes in a year you'd probably make a ton of progress and you could probably just make one or two big changes and if you just did that every year you know, you'd look up in five years and realize that you're a totally new company and you've got all good things going on. So I liked those, you know, make sure you're documenting, make sure you're training, and then don't change everything at once. Just keep working through that change and making that a part of your ongoing process and system. So thanks again for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We'll see you next week here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody.